0: Now on to the show.
1: Welcome, everybody, to Morning Walk with the Artist Forge. My name is Nicole York. I'll be your host. And today we're going to be talking about why your ideas are worthless. I left a long pause there for a minute just for drama. (laughs) No, of course, your ideas are not worthless. But the value of an idea is really incredibly hard to quantify because there are no ways to determine where an idea entirely comes from, and often people can have the same ideas, but what is valuable is your intellectual property, something that you can copyright, something that you have created. Your intellectual property is what makes it yours. Ideas are not something that we can say with any confidence are yours, because... There's too much collective consciousness, particularly in areas where people have really similar experiences and are exposed to the same kinds of things. But beyond that, there's another reason why taking worth from an idea is kind of a dangerous prospect. And I'm going to explain that a bit in a minute. But ideas cannot be copyrighted. They cannot be trademarked unless you are trademarking the process or copywriting the process or patenting the process of doing a thing. The idea itself can't. And so once you have the idea, the question becomes, well, how do you actuate on the idea? And that activity is what is actually valuable where a marketplace is concerned and trackable where things like intellectual property are concerned. And I'm sure many people have seen Um, photographs that look incredibly similar, but the artist, the photo, the photographer may never have actually seen the other photograph. Um, I'm sure you have seen somebody create a piece of art and thought to yourself, damn it, I had that idea years ago, why didn't I paint it? And I want to give a really interesting example here of one of the reasons that an idea is difficult to add or to, um, to value or to, to give some kind of quantifiable measurement to. Imagine I told you a story about a young orphan boy who lived with his aunt and uncle, but he had magical powers he didn't know about and soon was exposed to a wise old mentor who taught him how to use his magic And he went off to fight the forces of darkness am i talking about harry potter or star wars you don't know the answer to that question because the ideas are the same it all comes down to the execution of the idea that's what gives it its its reality its independence and forms it out of the ether into something people can actually engage with and star wars or harry potter is something that we can trademark that is something that we can see some objective value in. There's also a really interesting story in the writing community about the idea versus the execution. And this is a true story. There is an author named Jim's, sorry, I just almost tripped over my own feet, named Jim Butcher. Good grief, the air is cold, my lips are cold, and I can't speak. There is an author named Jim Butcher and he used to be pretty active in some online forums. And there was an argument going on about ideas and what their value were to writers. One person was arguing that ideas are everything and should be jealously guarded secrets. The other person, Jim Butcher, was arguing that everything relies upon the execution. And so as part of this argument, Jim finally said, okay, fine let's test your theory you give me two of the worst ideas anybody could ever have for writing a novel and i will write a really interesting compelling novel and so the person said pokemon and the lost roman legion and so jim said fine and ended up writing an entire series of best-selling books called the codex alera Based on those two ideas and if you have read them or you ever intend to read them you will immediately see how those two ideas were melded together to form something that's actually really interesting and fun so I wanted to bring up this discussion today this idea of ideas versus intellectual property idea versus execution how we can take something as ephemeral as an idea and create value from it And the fact that unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on which way you look at it, we don't own our ideas. And oftentimes we will see this reflected in the art that gets created. So while two pieces may be very similar, may even have drawn from the same inspiration, and it can sometimes be tempting to say, that's copyright infringement. It's a really, really difficult thing to prove because we do have things like derivative works. We do have things like using work for inspiration. And there is a large gray area that that kind of work falls into. How much you can change something before it becomes derivative or an individual piece as opposed to a copyright infringement. So hopefully this will be a really interesting conversation today. I'm excited to see what y'all think about this. Do you personally find The idea, more important than the execution, where do your values lie in creation? What do you think about the whole question in general? I'm dying to hear it. If you have something you'd like to answer or share today in the audience, don't be afraid to raise your hand. Once we've heard from the moderators, we'll start snagging people up and hopefully we can have kind of a fun, lively debate and discussion of ideas. All right, mods, do you guys have any thoughts? On ideas versus execution or intellectual property? Don't everybody answer at once.
2: <laughs> this is going to be a fun discussion. This is supposed to be fun. Yeah, this one is, uh, yeah, you're challenging us this morning, Nicole.
3: Okay, I, I've got a question for you if we want to throw insults and start hard. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. so if we're we're talking about you know what's more important, the idea uh or the the intellectual property, and you know is the value of either of those things completely dependent on capitalism That's my question
1: sorry, I had yeah. second. I couldn't unmute myself go ahead
3: yeah if if we remove the Monetary value that so often drives us as working people, and the idea that our our labor that we put into the creation of ideas or intellectual property is work that we should be paid for. um, How does that change that perception of value?
1: I don't think it does. And here's why I don't think it does because the idea exists nowhere, it's not tangible, it's not even something I can share. Once I share it, it starts to take on tangibility. Once I start, it's almost like um, to us, your spirit doesn't mean much without your body because we can't interact with your spirit. Your body is the vehicle through which your spirit gets to interact with the world. This is just the first metaphor that popped into my head, so I hope it actually works. Um, But the idea is something that isn't fully formed until it has a body to inhabit whether capitalism exists or not, um, that idea can't, it can't do anything yet. It doesn't have any legs. I don't know if that makes any sense.
4: That
3: does make sense. I think that actually is a, a great metaphor there for that. Okay.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. So that would be my answer. <laughs> so understanding whether we're working within uh, the system of capitalism or not, that... We have an, an idea versus the, the actual thing itself, right? The realized piece. And we've seen, I'm sure, lots of, in fact, if you go to Ellen Crumb's YouTube channel, you will see some video of me and I think five other photographers. I think, I think there were six of us total. Um, we were given the same space to work in, the same model, the same choice of clothing, the same amount of lights, all of those things. Um, All of us created wildly different work, naturally. But you'll also see some other kinds of videos from other folks where they take two artists and give them the same idea. Or they take the same model in the same location with the same clothing and give them the ability just to shoot whatever they want. And these things always widely differ. In fact, if you are ever um, interested, which I suggest doing because it's just super cool, if you go look at concept art, um, you'll have several artists given kind of the same tools to work with. This is about a teenager who lives in a post-apocalyptic society, a society. She's, you know, determined and fun and whatever it is. And they all will begin sketching different ideas for what she could look like. And they're all wildly different based on style and how people process this information. So um, there's some real examples that you can look at in real time to see how the idea can manifest itself in so many different ways. Um, so yeah, maybe hopefully that helps a little bit and maybe give you guys some more time to think, but I'm, I'm, I'm dying for some, some feedback here. Ideas versus execution, which the execution is close to synonymous with the intellectual property itself. But for ease, we can say idea versus execution, if that helps a little bit. What do you think what do you think
0: you know i I battle with this um only because i think my, my oh there's so there's so much here not an easy topic nicole so you know i think the idea itself right we can own the ideas we and and own it meaning they're ours they're unique to us right the execution is where you're going to wind up with laws and, you know, litigation and all that sort of stuff. The ideas, I think, you know, we all come from a lot of this the same shared experience. So it's inevitable that there are going to be, you know, crossovers between two people with the same idea, even though the end result is going to be very different. Right? So who's right, who's wrong, there is no right, there is no wrong. Um, it's just the idea itself. So, you know, I used to get wrapped around the axle about, watermarks, and copyright, and trademark, and all of this stuff, and you can't use my picture for this, that, and the other, and, you know, it's stealing, and I get it. I, I pushed against that for a long time and failed. Um, you know, there were people that were using music, uh, you know, I know I'm getting off here for a second, but just hear me out. Um, you know, using copyrighted music in memes and videos years ago before it became a thing where we could all use it, any song we wanted on the planet. And now it's kind of like a non-issue. I think people get wrapped around the idea of this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. When instead, what they can look at is if I put this out into the world and execute it however I execute it, then that is the first step to something more. Instead, the people that I find wrap themselves around the idea and the execution so tightly, fail to see the future ahead of them. They're so focused on the right now and what can I get from this, that they fail to understand that this is just one step in the entire journey. And so for me, ideas come and go a million times a day. The ones that stick around are the ones that I execute on. Knowing that, There's somebody else out there doing it. There's, I'm not going to come up with anything really original in my opinion. It's a variation or a derivation of something else someone else has done. So, you know, I just look at it as how can I continue to grow? And if someone says that's my idea or or my execution, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to fight you on it to the point where it, you know, makes me upset and angry if you can prove that I stole it from you, go ahead but I didn't. So, you know, I think we get, we get so tied up around the idea of ideas and execution that it stifles us from the actual creation process. That was long and meandering, but that was my final point.
1: No, you know, it's actually really interesting that you bring that up as part of the conversation. I hadn't even anticipated it, but I think you're right there and it's, it's, It's interesting to think about how often um, people really do experience that stifling that you're talking about. They won't share locations. They won't share contacts. They won't share information. They won't share, et cetera, et cetera, because of this idea, this terrifying idea, that somebody might come along and steal what you're going to do. And um, not too long ago, maybe it was a month. I can't remember at this point. I have no conception of time anymore. I posted a TikTok of an artist that I follow who was talking about um, who was talking about the idea of um, now I just lost the word. Anyway, essentially, what you do is you go and you create a copy of a piece of work. The idea is not to sell the copy. The idea is to go and recreate that piece so you can learn how the artist approached it, and you can learn all of the different techniques and things that are involved in making the piece look like it does. There's a lot of really incredibly valuable things to be learned from that. But today where so many people are stuck on the idea of owning their own ideas, it's become frowned upon in the wider community. Even though when you start getting into pockets that have a longer history in art, it's still commonly done. People go sit in museums um, and create these, these copies of the original paintings. Um, it's a very normal thing to do. You'll see lots of people sit on the same street corner in gorgeous locations and do their uh, en plein air paintings of you know locations, sometimes even several of them there at once. And it's just kind of widely understood in those smaller pockets of the community that the act of reproduction um, is important to the learning process, but for the broader and I'll and I'll just reference the online art community here because this is something all of us are a part of. In the broader online art community, it's a very questionable practice, and and people people do not like this idea um, of being able to kind of create these reproductions because they are so jealously guarding when an idea is theirs. But the interesting thing I find about that is that. They will also turn around and jump on trends where everybody is drawing certain things. um, Draw in your style, which you've seen a lot, which is a really cool thing to do. And those places, everybody's recognizing we're sharing a common theme and a common idea. And then we're executing on it in a different way to show what our approach would be. And ultimately, at the end of the day, the idea doesn't become important. The approach, the style, the execution of the idea is what makes sorry the cars, guys is what makes each individual artist stand out but if they're so closely guarded and they say no I'm not doing anything unless it's my original idea there's a really good chance that they're going to be missing out on those opportunities for growth you were talking about so I definitely think that's an interesting approach to uh the question today
3: yeah that being that being precious about ideas and uh Really latching onto the novelty of something and like thinking that it's 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 this is my one thing that's never ever been done before and you'll never get something as good as this one idea that I had is so opposing to the idea of innovation which I feel is a lot more exciting right I mean like that the again when you put a group of artists in a room and you tell them to go chase this one single idea and every single one of them is gonna have a different output having that communal ability uh to to discuss the idea even can create the opportunity for so much growth and so much development to make the idea even better um and i I like this i mean maybe it's personal philosophy like i don't feel threatened when other people have similar ideas to me at this point i used to i used to get really upset about it Um, and think that this was, you know, some great affront to my person, because my ideas are an extension of my personhood. And if someone else had that, that meant that I wasn't unique or good at what I do. But that's not true. I'd rather see the ideas evolve, because the ideas are the exciting part. And if someone else has approached that same idea, and I've seen that they have, then that just creates yet another opportunity for me to pursue maybe that same idea if I have to anyway, and do it even better, or do it more creatively, or do it in a different way yet so i just yeah that idea that you know being being precious about things prevents room for growth and prevents room for innovation because if people weren't sharing ideas science would not be where it is today technology would not be where it is today art would not be where it is today without sharing of those ideas and being able to remove ourselves and our need to capitalistically i suppose protect them uh, from other people
1: I think it's really interesting, Becca, that you mentioned the fact that somehow these ideas have value to us because they feel like an extension of our personhood. And I think you're right. I think, um, I think that this is an interesting place where ego really kind of shows up in artists because we are under this impression that anything that comes out of our head must belong purely to us. <laughs> and um, we really do fail to recognize the complexity of the human brain in that way. And I have seen pieces of work show up from different parts of the world within weeks of each other that were so close to being the same that i was offended on behalf of the artist whose work i had seen first how dare this other person oh my god look how similar everything is even down to the hand placement only to learn later from both photographers they had never seen the work of the other artist before And I could not believe such a thing was possible, um, in that those pieces were so close together. How could it be anything other than theft, theft? And yet it wasn't, which was absolutely wild to me. Um, And yet, I don't even know if they were approaching the same idea. And yet even then the execution was so similar that it was mind-blowing to me, and so, All we can derive from experiences like that is the fact that there is a communal way that our brains interact with knowledge. And when we have similar interests, similar experiences, et cetera, to somebody else, there's almost zero chance that we're going to have something completely unique to us. There's usually gonna be some level of influence somewhere, even if that's just in our access to the same kind of materials living in the same town. Well, each material has limitations that, it, you know, that, that are inherent to that material. And so the chances of somebody coming up with an absolutely unique representation um, uh, is gonna depend on so many different things. Are they using other, other materials in conjunction? Are they influenced by certain other artists? Um, Where do their ideas come from? What drives their creation? And that's why I think the individual and the execution is always going to be more important than the idea, at least for me. However, I think there's also an interesting side to this, because the execution cannot happen if the idea doesn't show up. If you don't have the idea, the execution doesn't exist. So, just to throw an interesting spin on things, the only difference is there's no way to judge the value of an idea until it exists. So, yeah. Vassam, do you have any thoughts, Matt, Becca, any kind of extrapolations on that? And then, friends in the audience, if you're finding the conversation interesting and if you have something you want to share or a question to ask or whatever it is, feel free to raise your hand and we'll start. Dragging people
2: up here, yeah, Nicole. I don't have a lot of, I think, value added in this discussion. Although I do want to, I hope I don't take it in a different direction, but I do want to talk about my only uh, tangible exposure to the subject. Um, uh, actually, two occasions in the past, and and my the purpose of this is to is to kind of, uh, in a way, not warn everybody, but you know, say that you cannot underestimate that even if you have IP protection. You cannot underestimate how difficult it may be to prove should it be challenged. Okay, So just the fact that you've gone from an idea to a copyright or a, to a patent or to a, a, a whatever uh, um, form of IP it is, uh, the process could be quite arduous. And I was, I was involved uh, as a consultant. I was hired by two different companies two, two occasions that, as an expert witness in a court case. And, uh, you know, from a technical perspective, and both cases had IP uh, aspects to them. And uh, that's where I, I, I faced that, that, that process that was completely arduous and difficult. And, and the, you know, the, the burden of proof is enormous in that case. And you realize then that every single nuance makes a difference when it comes to uh, IP. Now, it doesn't mean everything is that complicated. Uh, so, so, yeah, so I just wanted to point that out. So, you know, idea to IP... You know, even registered, uh, registered, uh, for, uh, you know, uh, trademarks or, or, or uh, copyrights uh, doesn't necessarily protect you. Uh, it does protect you, but it doesn't mean it's 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 foolproof. Uh, my other exposure was through the creation process, as we were in my previous job when we were creating a brand new aircraft, designing a brand new aircraft. And you know, there's not a lot of new technology. I mean, everything's been done over and over and over. But from an industrial design perspective, and from a shapes and and forms and user user interface. Uh, we were always on the lookout for potential uh i p potential patent uh, designs that we came up with, and what I found very interesting is that whole process of going from idea to filing a patent and and of the thousands of ideas we had, how little and how how few we actually were able to either convince ourselves or whoever experts in the company were helping us to convince us that yes, it is worth uh going through with the patent with the industrial design uh, uh, patent or 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 whatever it is in that case and uh, yeah that was quite an interesting process of how how deeply you have to think about you know just cuz you have a good idea it doesn't mean it's patentable if somebody else can actually practice and get to the same thing like a seamstress for example you cannot patent you know uh, the, the art right because anybody can practice it and get to the same level you are so anyways i just wanted to share that because that's about all i can contribute uh, from a from a personal perspective uh, (laughs) tongue-in-cheek i'm always stuck in the idea stage so i don't have any experience on the others on the other end of it
1: says i don't know if i have much to contribute proceed well i don't know know if it's relevant nicole because we're talking
2: about art
1: (laughs) Anyways. It is. Oh, well, I mean, you know, of course, the idea versus execution is a very broad umbrella, right, um, that, that extends far past just art. But I think your experience is there with actually having to prove who, who is the intellectual property owner in a case really exemplifies the fact that this is an incredibly difficult thing to guarantee that one person can own because... So much is coming into play here, so many of the same influences, the same knowledge, the same materials, the same purpose for the materials, all of a sudden, after how many years of innovation, it starts to become really difficult um, to, to move into a space where you truly can own uh, the execution and the idea at once, which is of course, where your ability to enforce those kind of judgments come from. so um, I think that's that's a super interesting piece of information to add to this overall conversation. Um, I don't see any hands, friends. You guys don't have anything She's to say this morning. So was I, I, have that, a I have a question though, because Basan
3: brought up copyright again, um, and you know having to move through the legal process. So this is kind of why like my thought process here started, and like does. Are, are these these terms or even these ideas themselves kind of defined by the way that human society exists, right? You know, particularly capitalistic society. If there is no legal entity to enforce, you know, that legal protection of your execution or intellectual property, does it still matter? Does it still exist, right? Um, and so then that that idea, I guess I mentioned that that extension of personhood and the the use of, you know, your brain as a muscle that you were working with, being of value. I totally lost my convoluted thought here for a second. Um, I mean, I feel like I, I don't know. I mean, it's like it's is an inherently human thing to feel connected there to that and to feel driven by those things, you know. Or is it really the monetary value that pushes some people in some some senses? I suppose.
1: Oh no, I think that's actually a really good question. And um, so I think if we look back through history, we'll actually see some really interesting answers. Even if we, look at, um, if we look at different countries within the world where IP exists and where it doesn't exist, all of a sudden you start to butt up against some interesting things. So if you look at what happens to um, Western artists who live in countries who do have IP, And what happens when a country in China who does not, or when um, a business or a person in China who does not have IP can come along and use not only your ideas, not only your, um, your patterns, but they can actually take the images that you use to sell and use those things and begin undercutting you from business. This is something that happens all the time. It's particularly prevalent for designers. So there's one particular designer that I follow, um, because I love her work, her name is CrossFox, or her business name is CrossFox, and she creates um, a lot of really fantastic designs, only releases them in collections a few times a year, year, and they sell out so fast, like within seconds, if you haven't bought the thing, it's gone. And there are several different companies from different parts of the world that have um, recreated her designs and sell them even using her images. So I think actually in the capitalistic society, the farther we get into capitalism, the less we actually protect the individual IP owner because that does not help GDP, right? That protection of someone's intellectual property doesn't actually um, assist the economy in general. It really is, is an extension of our value Um, of our values and saying that this person deserves to profit from the work their brain did, which doesn't exist everywhere. And so in those places, that kind of repetition is rampant. It comes down to who can reproduce more fastest for cheaper and make as much money off of the thing as possible. And it certainly may not be the person with the original IP. So that might kind of throw an interesting Spit into the question, Becca. Um, does that kind of fit where you were going with this idea?
3: I'm stewing in thoughts. I'm stewing in thoughts. <laughs> okay, stew. Yeah. Oh.
2: Well, I, I find it. I mean, I find it interesting that Becca brings the angle of, of capitalism. I just googled here the history of, of uh, patent law, just on Wikipedia, Wikipedia, and it goes back to like 500 BC, and, and almost every example they give. It is related to money, to profits, to power, to do you know, gaining an advantage and mainly monetary advantage, or protect somebody to be able to either make a living or living or, or benefit from it. So it, it does kind of raise the question, if it wasn't for the monetary I don't want to say capitalistic, I maybe capitalistic is the right word, but if it wasn't for that, would we even worry about IP?
3: That's interesting that it goes back so far. And I mean, again, kind of is it sort of this, this curse of being human. You know, what is it to be human? And we universally are able to like prescribe value to things and meaning to things, whether that's meaning to like how the sun rises in the sky and how you know,
2: and, and, art or yeah. Sorry, I thought you were finished, Becca. Yeah. No, but it's, it's interesting that the, the example in 500 BC was in, in Greece. And it was, the encouragement was held out to all who should discover any new refinement in luxury. The profits arising from which were secured to the the inventor by patent for a space of one year. So it's funny that it's related to luxury back in 500 BC.
1: Ooh, this is so interesting to me, guys. Okay, so um, definitely want to address some of these things, Becca. We didn't get to hear much of what you said. I'm not sure if you were in a place where your um, microphone wasn't picking up much. But I know you have more thoughts. So be stewing on those because I really want to hear them. Um, but let's hear from Carol in the meantime. Hello, Carol. What are your thoughts today on this um, on idea versus execution and where the value lies and how that applies to the way we create art?
4: Good morning. Um, I just, okay, no coffee. I'll have to qualify anything I'm going to say with that comment first. I haven't had coffee yet. Um, but, man, I, I thought you were going to go a completely different direction when I heard you mention this, okay? I thought you were going to say an idea is worthless if you don't act on it. And right away, I was like, guilty, (laughs) because I've had so many ideas, but then I've had ideas that I wanted to do and I didn't know how to take it further. Remember um, the tape or, you know, the, no coffee, okay. The tape that has designs on it, right? I was doing a painting one time and I did masking and I do a lot of pattern designs. And when I removed the masking tape, I'm like, wow, this a tape with designs that's re-stickable. And then I had that idea like I swear years before you ever saw it. And I tried to figure out how do you do this, how do you do this, you know, how do you make something like this happen? And it's funny, I went to a trade show and this young girl was um was trying to get that idea out to market as well so i mean people do come up with i think great ideas um in you know from different people without any influence of each other for sure um okay and so i had a i had a friend that she knows my work and she's like don't share how you do your work you know because my particular thing is to try and come up with original techniques and processes. And it's not that I sit down and, okay, I'm gonna come up with something original. It's not that. It's just that I love the exploration and, and uh, pushing the envelope and using my own past work as uh, a challenge to try and and go further with. And yet the criteria is to never, <laughs> um, never, never copy someone. Okay, that's that's another whole topic. But I realized that if I don't share my processes, my work, my ideas, my stuff just isn't going to get seen. You know, and then I developed a philosophy that if someone takes my idea and improves upon it. Then, great, and I'll take it back and improve upon it again. You know what I mean like the the collective value of sharing the idea is um you know is really good and then, when I found out, you know i I do have an art degree, but I know very little about art history. I'm so impressed with Bassam's historical knowledge there, but anyway, um
2: it's Google. What's that? It's Google. It's not Bassan.
4: <laughs> oh <laughs> well, anyway, you got it. <laughs> so, um, okay, so I I found that the European artists studied the masters and recreated what they did to learn process. And I'm like, wow, I I was really surprised, but no, I'm never gonna do that, right? Um but with you guys' discussion today i realize well i mean i haven't learned a lot of those basic things i've discovered things on my own and that's the value of art to me is to is the discovery you know and so but it means that i don't i missed out in a way too on on other people's how to's that I might possibly i don't know improve upon or just make my art better, but that's you know that's just me um but then I had another thought, so I feel like I'm kind of dancing all around this issue in different directions because that's where my how my mind went, but it made me think that you know part of of my having to do my own thing and never copy anybody is goes back to kind of, uh, you know, the the concept of rugged individualism that we have in the United States, you know? And then I realized that that's ego driven, which is me admitting here, you know, and that's a hard thing to say, but, um, and I, the reason I was able to make that connection is I heard that all the, the ideas of, you know, we don't want to get vaccine because, you know, we're going to be our own individual self. It goes back to the rugged individualism that the United States was built upon. And that's dangerous, you know, to have to go so much your own way that you will not even acknowledge that there is value out there in people that really do know their stuff, like scientists, you know? And so, um, and then I realized it kind of, it it made me realize that, um, yeah, I mean, my mom was really stubborn. That's a kind of stubbornness to have to, I have to do my own thing, you know? And then, okay, I'm dancing around another outskirt here, but i heard that um in chinese society i think if i have the right culture it is considered a compliment if you copy somebody so they don't you know the feeling that we have about intellectual pro, uh you know property and and all that kind of stuff i mean i'm sure they very well understand uh beyond just complimenting I'm going to compliment you by making millions on your idea you know it's not like that but it's just a different mindset than what we have in the United States as rugged individualists so if any of that makes uh you know sense (laughs) um our coffee this morning um I just wanted to share that thanks I'm done
1: I'm I'm actually super glad that you brought that up, Carol, um, because it reminded me of a particular documentary of an artist, and I wanna share that really quick because it ties into what you were saying, and then we'll ask Arica for her views. Um, but there is a sculptor named Stanislaw Sikalski, and he was a sculptor who was very much in the mindset of, I don't want to be influenced by every anybody. I'm gonna do absolutely my own thing. Nobody's going to touch it. Um, And he was a really unique, interesting person. And his sculptures were really unique and interesting. The problem is because of his attitudes about those kinds of things, his work never spread. And there were a lot of circumstances around that aside from just his attitudes, but his work never spread as opposed to when you look at folks who remain kind of the hallmarks of, um, you know, masterpiece artists throughout centuries. The art that has been shared the most, the art that has been reproduced the most, the art that has touched the most eyes, um, those are the ones that kind of stick around and remain in our cultural psyche. And so it's interesting to think about um, how when we protect things so closely, And when we don't allow other people to kind of step into our sphere and start thinking about ways that they can take pieces of what we've done or techniques that we use or ideas we've had or whatever it is and iterate upon those things, then our wonderful ideas get lost. And it's a huge bummer because in a way I can understand why that mentality you were mentioning of, you know, um, reproduction being the highest form of flattery kind of thing Um, I can understand in a way why people would find that valuable because that means that, well, that means the idea was a good one. Um, And now it gets to go off and spawn and live its life out in the world. And I think the same can be said of some of the things that we're experiencing now where movie adaptations and TV adaptations are happening of books. And there are people who are so deeply invested in the original um ip of the author of the work that it's really really difficult to allow some of those changes to be made because the work matters to us so much and yet the only works that really do stay around for long periods of time are the ones that do see this kind of extension and growth that happens in mythologies and when stories get retold and no they never ever stay exactly the same (laughs) but we continue to have them. So it is definitely an interesting take on this question and something worth considering because things that get copied means somebody loved it enough to take it and do something with it. And this is also the fight um, in the writing world where fic- fan fiction is concerned. Um, some people, some authors and communities absolutely love fan fiction. And some have said very vehemently don't write my stories or my characters into your stories, go make your own characters. And, um, and those people have seen a big pushback because they're limiting the way in which people who love the work are able to engage with it. So really, really interesting kind of segue to bring up that ties into this whole idea of idea versus execution and how we share and how we protect some of these things. Um, So are there any replies to kind of that idea that Carol has brought up before we hear from Arka? Okay. Arka, let's hear from you. What are your thoughts on idea versus execution where intellectual property and art is concerned?
5: Well, I guess I take it back to thinking about how patience is a key element in taking an idea into fruition where In my experience, there's been like two kinds of artists. One is so, such a perfectionist that they are never satisfied and then just kind of give up. And the other is so excited and in love with the idea that they don't take the time and patience to execute it to the right details. And I think the key is to find the sweet spot in the middle. Um, I think for me, I I tend to be the one that would, would rush it. I'm so excited, I'm so wanting, I just really want this to happen. And I used to just try to force it, try to create it no matter what. And now I've learned that I need a wait. Like I can get those ideas, I can write them down, I can storm them away in my brain. They're always there since childhood I have ideas and visions. But it's when I wait for the right subject to come along, client in a lot of cases, where now the stars have aligned. Did and, we lose our cover? You know, taking the time game? to plan it. Oh, can you hear me? I... Yeah,
1: I got you there. Um, did everybody hear what she said or was it just? No, the... no, we
2: lost about five or six seconds, so no. Okay.
5: Okay, what did you last hear? When the stars align. Okay, when the stars align and you finally have all of the elements to create the ideal piece, then it, it all just happens very naturally and something beautiful is created. Um, but if you just, you know, just have to take the time and patience and pay attention to the details. Um, and as far as, you know, copying or recreating, um, I've always been inspired by Bouguereau. He's my favorite painter. Um, and to do that in photography is a little more difficult <laughs> than I thought it would be. But it's, it was a wonderful process to try to recreate so that. In the process of recreating, I could find the mastery so that I can have the tools I needed to then create something completely unique of my own. Um, And that's another part of the piece of the puzzle. You have to have the skills, you have to have found how to master the technique in order to then get creative with it. And that's what I had to add today.
1: Yes, really, really practical and great questions for us to ask ourselves um on on when we do execute on our ideas and how we do and what does that process like and how long should you wait and how perfect does a piece need to be i mean that's certainly that's certainly if you've ever heard first to market um in the history of the idea of patents and intellectual property that becomes a really important concept and so um i i can understand that excitement with having a idea that you want to execute on and just going um to get it out there to have it done to be like look look at the thing I had look at the thing I made um and there's a really like beautiful childlike a quality to that of just the joy of making and sharing a thing. Um, and then you're right there does come some level of refinement that requires us to develop that idea a little bit more and wait until it's really mature before we attack it. So Another really interesting shade to add to this conversation around ideas versus execution and intellectual property. So we're starting to get close to the end of the hour. Um, I know you've been stewing for a while, Becca, so I want to poke you a bit and see if you've kind of landed anywhere with your thoughts around the issue. And if anybody else is in the audience today, we still have a little bit of time if you want to share. Don't be afraid to raise your hand.
3: I just perpetually live in a stew pot and I'm, uh, simmering. So uh, <laughs> let's hear from MJ because I don't think there's like particularly like a right or a wrong or, you know, an epiphany. I mean, there've been so many interesting, you know, tidbits that are all, all facets of this uh, particular discussion that have
1: been mentioned so far. So um, I can chill. I can wait. All right. Okay. MJ, what are your thoughts? on idea versus execution and intellectual property? I'm, um, I, to, I
6: am not like yeah. leaning one way or the other. I'm totally love all the things that have been said. Um, it's hard when you personally aren't in the middle of it and don't have like an argument, um, you know, to have to feel like you have to defend yourself or someone else or, um, you know that's that's generally what I I just haven't had to now I'm probably gonna regret saying this later like but I I haven't had to really um, deal with it I've heard people get up in arms about it and be angry about people stealing work um, I do have another question however about the February challenge and how this applies to that like I'm trying to understand the the artbreeder.com and how how it works and how uh like what art is it using I like I and I maybe this may be totally off topic too it it just looks very similar like is it something that we're supposed to have some kind of um uh a kind of creative control over or is it supposed to be completely random other, but still using other things that were already pre-existing. That That's fantastic. fantastic.
1: Oh, good, Becca, go, go. I think we're
6: probably
3: on the same uh, brainwave here, but no, that is actually a totally relevant question because uh, you know, utilizing other pieces of existing art to generate new kinds of art with technology is definitely related to the issue of idea versus intellectual property versus execution, right? Um, so, ArtBreeder specifically, um, people it, it has, I think, an existing library, but then you have the option also to upload images that you would like to essentially remix into something else. And uh, the the technology then gives you a, a set of parameters that you can change and use sliders to adjust. Um, and depending on which, uh, what's the word I want to use? Category, I guess, because it has like five or six categories, I think, for you know type of art. Um, those variations will change so you can change like if it's a portrait you can change the gender you can change the color you can change the expression if it's a landscape you can add in more mountains or more seascape or whatever and it uses the the computer program to guesstimate it what that would churn out so in the case of the challenge um, you don't actually have to upload anything you can literally um, if you just like go to the web page and you like click on one of the existing images on the home page or you click on the create button and it gives you Those categories to choose from it'll just generate stuff for you and then you can keep changing it and changing it and changing it until it creates something that speaks to you so what's interesting about the the experiment itself here uh for the challenge specifically is that it isn't the full process of creating from scratch that so many of us are used to using right it's looking for through this tool that speaks to us and it will be a completely unique, brand new creation that's never existed before. So it is essentially, I mean, there's a greater question there of, you know, is computer generated art truly art without the human component, but let's not go down that rabbit hole right now. Um, but something new, it creates something new that you made essentially using this technology. And then because it is very abstract, we will then go in and dissect what kind of meaning we're pulling from that through that abstraction so whether us the audience when we discuss it in a few days is getting the same emotional impact as you did when you created it if that makes sense
4: um this is carol i mean that i know it's it's time to go um i'll be quick that so perfectly ties in mj because when i saw that this is what the challenge was i looked to have to find okay there's a place where you can upload if you do a portrait or something you can upload your own and vary it using their you know technology and so i just had this real you know adverse uh reaction to i'm gonna take someone's art and manipulate it this you know it just you know just because the way i am about um doing my own thing, but they did have the option of uploading. And I have these weird character faces and I'm like, okay, I can upload one of those. But (laughs) so I, to me, it perfectly ties in. I'm, I'm really glad you brought it up. Thanks. I'm done.
2: Well, I, I I would assume that their terms and conditions cover it all and, and they, and that they reserve the right, and you're giving up rights to that picture being used or that art being used by somebody else. I, I haven't read it, but I would assume that's the case.
5: And
3: that all then comes back to the idea of having you know, the legal entity or the state or whatever it is to define who is what. Right? And so lots and lots of really interesting legal cases, at least in the U.S. I don't know about internationally. About um, oh my gosh, I have not had enough caffeine to remember words uh, like variations in art. So where that ownership of a work of art ends. And so when something is derivative, thank you, that's the word. Yeah, derivative works of art. Um, So there are limitations on how far that work can be derived from the original, in which case the original creator or owner no longer has any rights to the artwork. So it's... Again, then it becomes very, very sticky when we get into the legality of it. You know, where where is the value? Is the value what the state prescribes, or is it what the the original artist and people who view the work attribute to the work? So, very convoluted. Lots and lots of possibilities. And I think for artists, a lot of us will would be generally you know, kind of offended if someone were to take our work and change maybe, you know, just kind of the the color of it or something or change it very minusculely and then go and profit off it, you know. But legally, often people can. So there is then this, again, issue between our personal value that we hold and then the legal value. But yeah, so when it comes to derivative art through using things like um, computer-generated programs... I think that they're usually so abstract and loosely based on the original work that I wouldn't worry too much. And there definitely is probably some very fine
6: print in there, Basam, uh, if anyone is too concerned. Okay, I just want to make sure I understood the the, the program that we're, we're using. And uh, I think it's very, very cool that we're using it and then
1: also having this discussion
6: uh, at this, this time, the end of this week.
1: Me too. It's really interesting how these things tie together and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm super jazzed to see where this takes us because the exploration that's involved in trying to derive value from a piece of work um, and, and that emotional experience, we like to think that a computer could never replicate or generate something that makes us feel right. Um, And yet we see ourselves moving closer and closer to seeing that actually happen. And it's interesting because it's a reminder of how important the viewer is to this relationship with art and what we bring to the table as we interpret things um, and where ideas come into play with that. So it's going to be really, really fun to see that happen in real time. I'm super excited about it. I've been playing with the program a little bit. Um, So far, I haven't pushed the bounds of abstraction too, too much. I've kind of stayed within the realm of what's recognizable, but I'm excited to uh, hit that chaos slider (laughs) and see what wild things I can come up with. So um, I hope folks have been playing with that. I'm gonna wait a second, because that truck is really loud, so I don't wanna walk that way. All right. So as we come to the end of the hour, I just want to see if anybody has any final thoughts or anything that this conversation has stirred up in you, um, before I start closing things down today, anything you'd like to leave people with
3: on the, on the art reader topic, uh, just to share a little bit of how I actually use utilize it in my own workflow. Um, and just why I love this idea in general. So whether or not you feel that you have actual ownership of whatever the end product that the program spits out or not, um, what's great about it is, is how random it is that it gives you these ideas or it can show you patterns or can show you mixtures of colors or can show you shapes that you might not have thought of on your own. And I think that anything created through that program could be created organically by an artist, sure. But Finding inspiration through that eventual output um, I use all the time. So I'll use it for inspiration for characters or just, you know, the color palette, or if I do a landscape, sometimes if I just can't, can't quite fit the pieces together, I'll look, I'll, I'll generate like a handful of different landscapes and then utilize different pieces of it. Like usually within the composition or within like where light or dark is within that computer generated end product, and then combine them all um, through my own then artistic process Um not just like straight up like copying and pasting them but basing bits and pieces of my images off that inspiration that the computer generated um so there's ways to use these kind of iterative processes without explicitly copying them and again that kind of goes back to that idea of the the master copy sort of where you're not fully replicating but you're using that inspiration and building and paying homage to something to further be innovative in your creation
1: nice yes so keep those things in mind all right super interesting conversation today around ideas versus execution and intellectual property where do we derive value and which pieces of this puzzle are important how do we decide um i have a standing offer to anybody who would like to create a master work or a master copy of one of my pieces, they're always more than welcome to. I've seen some really beautiful derivations of my work from artists across the spectrum. And it's it's been pretty amazing to watch the way a piece I created will go on to inspire other artists to create things that are beautiful and that go off and add value to the world now of course when we're looking at something like a masterwork what we're talking about is not a commercial piece right i don't go in and and recreate a a piece of digital art that becca made and then go profit off of it here at least in the states and then i know in most of europe we have laws to try to protect the execution to try to protect the intellectual property so that the original creator of the work is the one who benefits monetarily from that piece, from all the effort that they put into that piece. But a master copy is essentially just meant to say, okay, how did they do it? Where did she put the lights? I'm going to look at this photograph. I'm going to try to recreate it and see what they did in order to get this effect. And then you create the piece. You can even share the piece when you credit the artist and say, this is a master copy. Um, And then we get to look at it and say, oh, you did such a beautiful job. To go on and then uh, benefit monetarily from that thing now begins to push the bounds of things like copyright and piracy. And if you have ever had your work stolen, you will know exactly what that feels like. It's not the best thing. So keep in mind that we always want to Have credit and benefit go towards the person who originated the execution on that idea. But when the idea is our own, and when the execution is our own, or when the idea is shared but the execution is our own, then we start to get into different territory. So it's been really cool to explore the whole sphere of everything that this encompasses from how we monetize or how we consider the value of these things to how we execute on them? Do we hurry things along? Do we wait for an idea to mature? What value does the idea actually have? How is capitalism involved with that? Where do our morals tie into these questions? So I'm really grateful to everybody who was able to contribute to the conversation today for the folks who are still hanging in there. So super glad you were here with us. Hopefully you will also be with us next week as we continue meeting in the morning at 7am Mountain Standard Time. That is 6am for the West Coast and 9am for the East Coast afternoon for our friends overseas. You'll find the link to our Facebook group up above. If you're not a member, please go and join. That's where you can uh, participate in the February challenge, which is using an ai tool in order to create a piece of artwork that we will then be able to critique at our live stream which is this thursday at 7 p.m mountain time Uh, that's 6 p.m for the west coast and 9 p.m for the east coast so we hope you will join us then remember if you do join the facebook group please remember to answer all the questions it helps us know that it's not a bot or anything else that's trying to get in Um, As much as we want to just have everybody join, we have to put some of those protections in place because it is a private group and we're very picky about making sure we protect our members. So um, please make sure that you do that. And until then, in the meantime, go make something amazing. Have a fantastic weekend and we will see you all next week. Bye, friends.
0: Thanks again for listening to this live Clubhouse discussion moderated by all of us at The Artist Forge. We hope you found the information useful and that it helps you gain a little bit of insight as to how you work on your craft. For more episodes, please join us each weekday on Clubhouse or visit theartistforge.com. Now go make something incredible.